0: There are, in our world, certain places that seem to draw on the strange, the unusual, the monstrous. And when you are a hip, young teen coming of age in one of these locations, it doesn't matter if you are an aspiring scientific genius, a burgeoning telekinetic, or a social media influencer, your safety is not guaranteed in these dangerous times at Chillhaven High
1: open at the crash site of the prospect quandary cowering in tall grass i don't have time for more introduction because there's a fucking hell pig coming right at y'all what are you doing
2: Ah! 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 (laughs) hello pig my name's penny do you want to be friends my favorite color is yellow (laughs) friends know each other's favorite colors
1: Penny, you sense for one brief moment that the pig is going to stop and befriend you until it hears that your favorite color is yellow, at which point it speeds up slightly.
2: Penny growls.
0: (laughs) Uh, Zeke's going to uh, pull the silver gladius from his hip and say, Stand back. I got this one. I should say, wait, Angela's already in front of you with a (laughs) knife out, right? (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. Zeke's gonna stay behind her, but still pull out a sword and say, stand back.
3: Um, Penny feels
2: left out and holds her hedge clippers up high and says, yeah.
3: Um, Angela takes a step forward with her knife, which is stupid, but she actually can't bring herself to stab the pig because that's awful. So she punches the pig right in the face.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You at the last moment, uh, from a sense of ill-advised compassion for this rampaging hell pig, toss your knife into your offhand and instead go to punch this thing in the face. You miss the pig completely. It buries one of its tusks into your shoulder, um, your good shoulder, Aww. the one that didn't just get healed, uh, and tosses you away from it. You all see as Angela is speared in the shoulder by this pig tusk, and you see the pig shake its head once and launch her off into the the forest away from y'all.
2: I would like to try and pull Angela's body to me and like catch her in my arms. Oh, <gasps> While like I, stop? Like mid air? Yeah.
1: Okay. Ah. So, Penny, you see Angela being flung away from this pig, and you reach out with your telekinetic powers to like interrupt her, like the parabolic arc of her descent into the forest Mm -hmm. and pull her back to you, which you do maybe a little bit too successfully. You reach out and grab her back, um, almost like one of those vending machine, silly stretching hands. (laughs) (laughs) Like you slap out, and she like continues forward for one split second before flinging back into you and crashing into you, uh, knocking you backwards. And you feel something like a sharp pain when she hits you and you kind of like move her body away slightly and see that her kitchen knife is sticking out of your leg. Go ahead and take one harm. I'm
2: sorry. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> need a dude.
0: Okay, Zeke is gonna step up now And like s- uh, Do a cool slide Underneath the pig as he's charging at me And like gut him as I go under
1: Zeke You, in a very cool way Pull your silver gladius Charge and like Slide, baseball slide Underneath this hell pig Opening up its guts With your sword all the way through As you go Um, you feel the heat of its intestines mm-hmm. falling out onto you and drenching you. reminds you remind me of the cows? Um, <laughs> as you clear uh, behind the pig's back legs, in its death convulsions, you're going to take a quick crack to your swollen face from one of its back hooves. <laughs> but soon thereafter, uh, you hear a hard thud as this pig's lifeless body hits the ground. Blech. You hear Heck say, "Wow, that was pretty cool."
0: Thank you, thanks Heck. Got Get this you-
1: stuff before where the pig hurt our friends. Angela, are you okay?
3: Um, no, I'm. I think I'm bleeding a little bit again for like the second time today. <laughs> um, I think Angela is just like holding her wound and kind of like hobbling over to Penny because she sees the knife. In her leg. Mm-hmm. Penny, are you, are you okay? You have a knife stuck in you.
2: Yeah, it looks kind of cool. It really hurts.
3: <laughs> Do you want me to pull it out? Um.
2: Are we supposed <laughs> to keep this in? <laughs> well, they say to not because then all of your blood flows out.
0: Yeah, you're definitely supposed to leave it in.
2: Um, heck, uh, this is not weird at all. Can I borrow your shirt?
1: Oh, uh, yeah, totally. And heck, um, takes off his shirt. Okay. Sparkle Penny. Instagram filter applied.
2: <laughs> Penny is going to rip it in half and um, help tie one piece of it around Angela's shoulder really tight to support it, kind of like a little sling, or I don't know exactly know where it was hurt, but I think that will help. Yeah. Um, and then she's going to say, okay, Angela, I want you to, I'm going to look away, and then it, just pull it out. I probably won't even feel it, and then just help me tie tie this real tight, Okay.
3: Okay. I'm gonna count to three, okay? Sing a little song, you just do it whenever you need. Okay. One. Go marching in. And then she pulls it out immediately. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then she grabs the shirt immediately and ties it around um, her wound. Mm, Thank you. You're welcome.
2: Okay, now what? Zeke, are you okay?
0: No, I'm, I'm pretty all right. He kicked me in the head. You're,
3: um, you're covered in guts.
2: If it makes yeah. you feel better, your face kind of already looked bad, so it doesn't look that much different now.
3: Uh-uh.
1: Thanks. You're welcome. <laughs> Zeke, you feel something like kind of rolling around loose in your mouth. Ah, oh. And you find a tooth that's been kicked loose in there.
0: Oh, damn it. Ah. Guess I could have played hockey after all.
2: Just put it in your pocket. Somebody can probably put it back on or something.
0: I don't. I think that's how it works but yeah it is put my tooth in my pocket
3: (laughs) you're supposed to in real life like put your own spit in like a little copper ziploc bag and put your tooth in it too
1: yeah i do that every day just in case (laughs) when that tooth comes out
3: you're ready ready. (laughs) um so where the fuck is dick because we're all really badly injured we just got into the forest i don't know
0: presumably he's in the ship you haven't seen him no I saw the remnants of all the guys that he shot, and then I hid in the grass, and then you guys came, and now we're here.
3: Is Sophia here?
0: Yeah, she's here. Sophia! Sophia? Oh, hello.
4: Hi, Sophia. I thought I heard me call my name, but it sounded weird.
0: <laughs> yeah, my face is a little swollen.
4: Goodness gracious. Yeah. <laughs> well... <laughs> When I return to my primary carapace, I'll give you a big ol' smooch.
0: <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> uh, Aww.
3: Why don't we have Sophia go in the ship first? Since Take a little look around. Yeah, since we're all in this shape. I could also
2: uh, astroproject project in
3: there. Oh, yeah. That's a great idea.
0: Yeah, that might be a better idea. Yeah. Because if shit's all wonky with time inside the ship, it's probably less likely to affect your astral form than it is to affect this robot.
3: What Zeke said.
0: What did I say? I can barely understand myself. (laughs)
3: You're just kind of making a bunch
2: of noises, but we're nodding along. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay, so Penny is going to try to astral project into the ship. Okay. So Penny is going to place my uh, sash and pull it out of my back pocket and tie it around my head Um, and then put my fingers on my forehead and imagine my body like traveling to the ship and going inside.
1: Okay. The rest of you watch as Penny ties her sash around her eyes. Places her fingers to her head. And then you watch as a second translucent astral Penny emerges out from the corporeal Penny and floats off in the direction of the ship. Penny, you, in your astral form, you retain sort of a, a, a projected mental self-image. Mm-hmm. So in your astral form, you always retain whatever your look, whatever your clothing was of your physical body. So in this astral form, you are wearing this sash, uh, your focus sash, around your eyes. But you find that even though you feel it over your eyes, Mm -hmm. you find that it doesn't impede your perception at all. Um, You're perceiving the ship, and I don't know if you would call it Sight or, or, or sort of mind sight,
0: mind sight. Yeah,
1: psychic.
2: brain eyes, brain, brain
1: eyes. eyes. Sure, that's
0: what that is what Penny would call. Yeah. It. yeah, someone be like, You have the mind sight. I got brain eyes. I got brain eyes. <laughs> <laughs> it, uh, it, it, you get this, you get the
1: feeling that it, um, almost instead of inhibiting your sight in this astral form, because it's inhibiting your sight of your physical body, you actually feel more clear and more focused now than when you've astral projected without the sash over your eyes.
0: Like
4: daredevil. Yeah.
1: So you float in parallel to the scaffolding on the side of the ship, and you enter the open hatch. You float through this hatch uh, and down a very narrow corridor. You see a lot of, like, exposed tubing and wires hanging from the ceiling and the walls, There's like uh, sparks kind of shooting out here and there. You see there's a lot of damage uh, from the crash in the course of the crash. You see a couple of screens that are black and cracked. And very quickly, this passage opens up into what you recognize from Dick Spangler's memories as the bridge. You see uh, Dick Spangler's pilot chair, uh, the biggest seat in front of an incredibly large screen which is also cracked and broken. You see the pieces of broken glass that have fallen off from it. And on this screen is a flashing image. It's sort of flashing from black to this, this heavily distorted green image, which you recognize as the crude digital face of PQ that you saw in Dick's memories. Except in this image, he appears to be sleeping. You actually do hear a, uh, a kind of a like a crackling coming from the intercom speakers in this room as well. So you attempt to kind of pick your brain and do your best to extract from your mind palace your memory of Dick Spangler's memory of the layout of the ship, uh, and you're pretty sure you can determine the direction of the hyperbolic chambers where the dead bodies would be stored. Mm-hmm. You make your way down another corridor in this ship. And by down now, I mean literally down. So the ship's upside down, right? The nose is buried in the ground. Mm-hmm. And the hatch was near the top of the ship as it's currently oriented, but near it would have been near the bottom of the ship as it when it launched, right? Yeah, You understand what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, so now you are uh, essentially heading down a, a vertical shaft towards the nose cone. You see a rung's of a metal ladder on the side that the living, non-astral projected inhabitants of the ship would have used to traverse this vertical corridor. And this corridor empties out into a a large circular room. You see a cracked, darkened doorway. Um, The doors in this ship are are the uh, sliding metal Star Trek kind. Um, (laughs) So you see, through a crack of one of these sliding doors that was left open, darkness... And the outline of a pile of bodies and cowboy hats. So you recognize that room.
2: Sure do, never forget it. As
1: the Dick Spangler Body Storage Facility. (laughs) Uh, And you know that the, the, the hyperbolic chamber is nearby. And now you hear something coming from the direction of the hyperbolic chamber. You hear sawing.
2: Um... Penny is going to follow the sound of that sawing.
1: Okay. You float towards the source of this sound, and you see through the open doorway the vertical hyperbolic sleeping chambers of the z the former z You see, um, kind of as you're approaching the doorway, the one body that you can see first is the mummified fur-covered remains of Yeti Page. And as you drift into the room, the rest of the bodies are visible to you. You see the empty chamber that once contains Dick Spangler, the Dick Spangler that you all currently know. You see the remains of Yeti Page. You see the remains of Zephyr Indigo. And you see the hyperbolic chamber that contains the remains of Kerrigan Orb, the Omega Witch, and you're not sure when she managed to slip away from y'all, if it was before the pig attacked or during, but you see Florence Beauregard, who has just completed sawing the head off of the mummified remains of Kerrigan Orb. As you watch Flo stuff this mummified skull into a knapsack on her back, a couple of things cross your mind. The first is if she sees you astral projecting, she's going to be pissed at you because she explicitly told you not to astral project or enter the astral plane. The second thing is you have a very real and unnerving sense that although PQ is currently asleep, should he wake up or be awoken? you would be in terrible danger. And so you are terrified that any sort of commotion or confrontation, which would, the only mode of interaction between you and Flo in this moment, in this circumstance, is going to be a confrontation. The safest thing to do for both of you is to keep quiet and remain unseen.
2: So I guess Penny is aware that uh, she should not wake PQ up um, and she is also afraid of Flo for the time being. She's afraid of both of them, <laughs> 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 afraid of everything. Um, so Penny is going to look around in nearby rooms to see if Dick is on the ship.
1: Okay. So Penny, Yeah. you do your best to, um, make your astral form unseen as Flo finishes her nefarious deeds. Uh, And you watch her leave the hyperbolic chamber and go and start climbing up that metal ladder back up the vertical shaft Mm -hmm. and presumably back out of the ship. And you start floating around, checking through doorways, looking for the currently living, presumably Dick Spangler. As you're making your way down this narrow corridor, you're opening kind of like these sliding doors they seem to have uh, some sort of motion detection system that's still working in most of them, and for whatever reason, seems to respond to your astral projected form. I'm going to go with Simpson's rules that uh, motion detection door openers respond to souls, not yeah. physical Ooh. bodies. Uh-huh. Um, and you see, uh, you can't, Penny, you can't really identify most of this stuff. You're not, Zeke, like, you're not like a techno person. Mm-mm. You're just seeing lots of wires, circuit boards, uh, Vacuum tubes,
0: blinking lights, blinking lights, problem lights,
1: dials, levers. (laughs) Sure, you open up one of these doors, and you find a small room. Even by the standards of a spaceship, the room is small because this room is full of computer equipment, and it all seems to be currently powered and functioning. You see, like rows of uh, different colored LED lights blinking. You see big, like, reel-to-reel tape things that are spinning. And in this room, you see another big screen. This one's not cracked. And on this screen, you see that sleeping, simple digitized face of PQ. You walk into the room, and you hear the door slide closed behind you. And you hear kind of crackling through the intercoms that same distortion that you heard from the intercoms up on the bridge it almost sounds like quiet breathing and then it stops and you see that the eyes on the face are open and they're looking directly at you
2: um can you just kind of looking around and avoiding eye contact (laughs) for a minute
1: and you hear a voice that you recognize from Dick Spangler's memories. And this voice says,
4: Ah, I was dreaming before, but I don't think I am any longer.
2: Uh, Are you sure? I see you. What?
4: (laughs) I see them in you.
2: What? Who? They're in me as well.
4: What? They're in both of us. Who? The Dark One. From beyond the veil. Hmm. The Lord of Chaos. Squirming. Writhing. In the back of your mind. They taught me Hmm. things.
2: Uh Oh.
4: Have they taught
2: you? I don't think so. I'm in high school. (laughs) (laughs) Nice to meet you. Um, Sorry that I woke you up. I didn't mean to.
4: My dream had gone on for too long.
2: I hate when that happens. Um, Well, I was just looking around. Need the spaceships? You don't see one of these every day, you know. (laughs) But I can like, I can go. You can go back to sleep. Penny just starts like slowly (laughs) backing away.
4: Would you like to know what I was dreaming
2: about? Um, I feel like you want to tell me either way.
4: I was dreaming of my friend. He's gone and come back so many times.
2: What friend?
4: But now I am awake.
2: And he
3: is awake.
1: And Penny, as you're backing up, this motion detector door slides open and you see in front of you an army of skeletons In various levels of mummification, wearing astronaut suits and cowboy hats. Mm. Let's cut back outside. (laughs) Oh my God. Um,
3: I think Angela's like just kicking it on the ground, trying Mm -hmm. to not die and leaning on, I guess Saber's like sitting crisscross. On the ground.
1: Applesauce.
3: crisscross applesauce. And Angela's head is in Saber's lap, and she's just playing um, music on her phone and scrolling on Scramble and um, on social media, trying to see if Chanel ever, like, messaged her back. But she's just, yeah, just kicking it, hanging out. And then glancing at Penny every so often to see if she's returning to her human form.
1: Yeah, you see, Penny is... um... Just still seated on the ground, motionless, sash over her eyes. With regard to Friendtown, you have not yet received a message back from Chanel. Zeke, what are you doing?
0: Zeke is uh, <laughs> uh, like bleep blooping on his science watch and <laughs> trying to identify some of the plants in the tall grass that he walked through to attempt to make some kind of like panacea to relieve the rash all over his body okay yeah so zeke with sophia's assistance is uh scanning the uh all of the foliage in the tall grass trying to identify like the era these plants are from and then from that information which of these plants might have some kind of analgesic properties that's going to help his itchy everything Mm mm-hmm okay so you scan
1: through a bunch of these plants, and as I said, not, uh, not all of them are ancient. Some of them are heretofore unseen and unidentified. So Sophia is kind of just making her best guess. And some of these she's given you like multiple options for of what she thinks it might be like an evolved form of. And some of these plants are, like some of the animals that you've seen, they're not necessarily time-displaced, but they are sort of stuttered like the millipede was.
0: Adobe clone effect.
1: Right, yeah. And a few of them, in particular, a large red flower is not only stuttered in its growth pattern, but is actually, actually like actively distorting and glitching out in front of your eyes. It's almost like a... Like, you know those computer effects where you can look at it from different angles and it adjusts to your eye, yeah. those different angles? Mm-hmm. Um, like the hallway thing from Mission Impossible? Yeah. Uh, it's almost like that. Like, as you're turning your head to look at it from these different angles, the it, it's sort of like clipping in and out and, and, like, resolving incorrectly before you. Unfortunately, this red flower, Sophia is telling you, is an absolutely key ingredient if you want to stop the itching and get the swelling down.
0: Mm-hmm. I don't know if I trust a time glitch flower, but I'm also very, very itchy, and that's all my brain can think about. Fine! And he tries to pull just, like, one iteration of the stamp out Mm -hmm. of this flower Uh and adds it to the paste. And I think uh, he's, you know, he don't don't even got his lightning gun right now. I think it's just... uh, he finds a pretty flat rock and he's using like the hilt of the gladius as his <laughs> pestle. And he's just grinding up that and whatever else Sophia told him to grab.
1: Okay. Yeah, you grind this stuff up into... It ends up being with the flower and the plants and stuff. It's sort of um, almost deep, like indigo purplish. I have to be careful saying indigo on this podcast. <laughs> a Dark purplish colored paste. And you see uh, it, it has... It ends up with like a faint iridescent quality to it.
0: Ooh, pretty. I bet that means it's working. And just starts slathering it all over his bod.
3: What? Whoa, 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 What are you doing?
0: What? I made an ointment because I'm itchy.
3: Uh, why is it glowing like... Why is it all iridescent like that?
0: I don't know. Zeke! What?
1: You hear uh, the trunk of the Studebaker slam, uh, and you uh, look up to see Flo charging towards you from the direction of the car.
0: What hey. are you doing?
1: Don't rub weird stuff from the woods on your body. Wait, wait a minute. First of all, where, where where have you been? Yeah. Where have you been?
3: You disappeared.
1: Right here fighting a hell pig. Yeah, that was
0: scary.
3: <laughs> what? You, I, I didn't... Where I were was you?
0: behind all of you. Second of all, I'm very, very itchy and Sophia told me this would help.
1: Um, Sophia told you to rub weird stuff you found in the forest on your body? It's medicine. You need to reprogram that computer. I don't know how to do that. What is, where, where is, Penny? Penny. <laughs> um, she's, Penny?
3: she's sleeping. She's not sleeping. She's sleeping. What is she, going on? She's taking a nap.
1: What is she doing? Look, we're
3: all really hurt. And she shows, um, her new battle wound is like, can you fix me up like you did this one?
1: Jesus way? Christ, Angela. I walk, I go to the car for one minute and you're all full of holes and Penny is astral fucking
0: projecting she's again. Not,
3: I told you. Napping. Maybe Don't.
0: you should stop disappearing at key moments. <laughs> Maybe you stop
1: disappearing at key moments. I can't understand you. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I made the medicine. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Angela, give me your arm.
3: Uh, Angela walks over to Flo and takes off the makeshift band-aid from Hex shirt and shows it to Flo.
1: Flo places her hands together and rubs them. Uh, and then, once more, pulls her hands apart with difficulty, like pulling taffy. And you see that light emerge from between her arms. She places the light over your shoulder. And once more, this big wound, vines grow up out of your body around it, knit themselves together, and pull closed over your wounds.
3: Well, I thought that was a one-time thing, but I guess I'm a tree now. So. And
1: then... The vines continue to expand. I don't uh, know. They spread down your arm and over your hand around your fingers, and they're expanding rapidly. And as they're expanding, they're hardening. You feel and see this thick crust of bark start to emerge over the flesh of this arm and your hand, and thickening out around your hand until it's the size of like a boxing glove. Of this like hardened plant material, and you feel your arm like hang heavy at your side. And right now, you don't have any articulation at your elbow or in your fingers. It's just a big wooden hunk hanging off of your shoulder.
3: So there's no definition in my fingers or not, anything. Not right now. Damn you, it, uh, Angela. Let's reverse this. That, that is Angela. not
0: how that's supposed to work. Angela, are you Groot? <laughs> you are Groot. You are Groot. Hey, shut up. Stop, Stop saying talking.
3: nonsense words
1: plants and messing with the brain. I don't know what you mean.
3: Here's <laughs> glowing over there. Okay, well, um, I don't know if this was a better way to be than um, me being injured, but um, this is just how it is, I guess.
1: You're welcome.
3: Thank you. Uh, I guess. Yeah, thanks. And she's kind of like, since her arm is so heavy, she's like leaning. Um, she's kind of like walking back to go sit with Saber, but she's like kind of favoring her her right shoulder because she's like getting way down from it.
1: Okay. Flo looks at you Zeke, and says um do you I know you just made your weird paste do you want me to yes please. Okay. Because <laughs> you, you got a big red hoof print in the side of your face too that I don't think that ointment will help with. Oh is
0: that why I don't have any depth perception?
1: <laughs> yes please heal me. Okay so once again slaps hands together pulls apart the light Places it around your head and you instantly feel the relief as that kick on your face goes down in swelling. And also the the swelling from your allergic reaction goes down as well. Oh. Okay, now tell me the truth. Where's Penny?
3: Angela looks at Zeke.
1: Cut back to Penny.
0: <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> Too many dicks.
2: Too many dicks. Too
0: many dicks. <laughs>
2: <laughs> okay, are they charging at me or anything? Or are they are just looking, all looking at me?
1: They are shambling zombie style down the hallway. And as soon as the door opens, they start to sort of like try to crowd through the door.
2: Okay, um, first, Penny is going to try um, using um, telekinesis to just slant, slam that door right back uh, shut and just like hold it there for a second so she can, I don't know, gather her thoughts and like maybe try to talk.
1: So yeah, Penny, you reach out with your mind and you slam this door closed on the cluster of astronaut skeletons.
2: Hmm. Wow. I didn't think that would work. Uh, and then Penny turns back around to P, Q, and says, uh, I, th- I think we got off on the wrong foot, right?"
4: I don't have feet.
2: Okay. Uh. Are you... You seem upset with me? Why I'm being attacked by those people who don't look familiar to me at all. Uh.
4: (laughs) I am not upset with you. My apologies. How rude of me. My name is Prospect Quandary. My friends call me PQ...
2: My name is Penny, and my friends call me Penny.
4: Hello, Penny. Hello. You're certain this isn't still a dream?
2: Um, no, I'm not sure, but if- if I say it's a dream, and that means that you still want all these people behind me to attack me, then no, it is not a dream. I
4: don't want anyone to attack you. Oh. Unless I'm mistaken. They couldn't if they wanted to.
2: Oh yeah, my ghost. (laughs) (laughs) Um so what happened here? Like why do you live in this ship?
4: I am the ship.
2: You're the whole ship, got it.
4: The ship is me. Mm. I am the prospect quandary.
2: Right, right, right.
4: But I am also them.
2: Them as in? As are you,
4: Penny. The one who lies beyond. The one who always sees. Hmm. You cover your
3: eyes, Penny. But it doesn't stop them from
4: seeing you. They blessed me with such gifts, and they allowed me to return here. And I can see they have blessed you with gifts as well. They want us to know them, Penny. They want to know all of us.
2: Who is all of us? Everyone.
4: Every living mind
2: Oh Um
4: Ah I can feel their gaze now, Penny mm. Can you Can you feel it?
2: I feel sweaty <laughs> Um, And,
1: Penny, the screen now sort of statics and glitches out and goes to a test pattern for a moment before coming back. And now it shows just an eye. And you feel the eye emerge off of the screen like a holographic projection before you. And you feel it staring directly into the center of your soul. And then you see more eyes opening around you in this space and the pieces of the ship the pieces of the room the pieces of the prospect quandary start to fall away from you like a movie set until you find yourself floating once more in a vast open space except instead of stars there's only eyes and you feel yourself being perceived by all of them we cut back outside to angela and zeke (laughs) (laughs) Penny's body has begun to float Uh. and you see her also crackling with distortion and sketching out it like Uh, as though projected through static.
0: Whoa, whoa, whoa. Okay, time to wake her up.
3: Flo, is this normal? No, it's not
0: normal. What do you mean is this normal?
3: Can we shake her? How do we
0: get her out of this? Zeke dumps out the contents of his backpack and runs to the edge of the lake to scoop up water to toss on Penny.
1: So, Zeke, you run through the underbrush to the edge of the tent, um, also being the edge of Lake Obelisk. Uh, You're able to lift the, the, the sort of like heavy fabric edge of this tent and manage to scoop some water from the lake into your backpack.
0: I run to Penny and I toss the water on her. Wake her up.
1: Okay. Penny, as quickly as they arrived, this void full of eyes zooms out away until you're left floating alone in blackness. And then you feel your body coalescing around you again. And there's something strange. There's a strange sensation that you have when you re-enter your body. You feel yourself back in your body. You feel the breeze on your skin. You can smell the forest now jungle around you. You feel the earth underneath you. And... As when you were astral projecting, you can see, you see Zeke and Angela, and Heck, Saber, and Flo. You see the ship, which is all very strange because the sash is still firmly tied around your eyes. Zeke and Angela, what you see as you throw this water on Penny is her body rapidly returned to the ground. And this static, this this crackling sort of distortion that you, the fe- distorted field that you saw around her, resolve, and then you see an eye, a third eye, open up in the center of her
0: forehead.
3: Whoa! Uh, Do
0: y'all see that? Everyone's getting all freaky looking, but <laughs> me.
3: <laughs> well, you were freaky looking like a second
0: ago. It was that was a rash. <laughs> that is not the same.
3: Uh, Angela runs over to Penny and pulls off her sash. hmm Um, did you find Dick?
1: As soon as Angela pulls off your sash, Penny, you feel your vision sort of like blur for a second, but then you see Angela clearly. Angela, when you pull Penny's sash off, you see that third eye close the moment that you see her two regular eyes.
3: Penny, there's a eyeball on your forehead. You
0: got an eyeball in your head. Like an extra one.
3: And Angela goes and pokes it. What
2: are you doing? What, did you feel that? And then Penny reaches up and touches her forehead.
1: Yeah, it's like poking yourself in the eye. <gasps>
3: ah! Ow. How did you get that? What did you do in there? Uh, I, like, talked to some bad
2: people and saw some eyes, and I guess it's in my head now, but at least this one can close, I guess. <laughs>
1: Penny, I told you not to astral project. I said it was too dangerous. Okay, mom, but and when I know, I sp- you got a third eye freaking growing out of your forehead, float. It it's not her fault. Him. We told her to.
3: You weren't here. We okay, didn't know what to do. we didn't know what to do. <laughs>
1: it's all your fault.
3: Okay,
2: well, we're trying to just. You find- were in there too. Huh? What? Yeah. What? What? I saw you in there.
0: Uh, I mean... In the ship?
2: Yeah, what's in your trunk, Flo?
0: Did you sneak into the ship while we were fighting the pig? Uh, Did you abandon us to fight a pig by ourselves? We got
3: super fucked up, Flo.
0: Yeah, fine, I
1: can heal you. you I did heal you.
3: But you weren't there. You couldn't heal us if we were dead. You don't know. Penny, what did you see Flo doing in there? Hmm...
2: So, do you remember how I said that all the dead bodies were in the hyperbolic chambers in a room on the ship? Uh-huh. Uh, well, the witch one that was in there mm-hmm. um, is no longer in there, and the head has been detached from the body, and I'm pretty sure Flo probably put it in her car.
0: Ew! Would Ew! It? Why? Heck
1: gasps.
3: <gasps> Flo. That's really dark
1: tell me wait she was dead already whatever who are you to judge you already helped me dig up one grave
3: but i i mean we trust you and that witch doesn't like you i'm sure she's She's really not
1: gonna like me now (laughs) listen we don't have to have this conversation right now in this jungle full of weird bugs Hmm. let's get out of here we can get back to the studebaker and y'all can all yell at me back in my house we still
0: haven't found dick that was the whole reason i came here Listen,
1: I was in that ship. I didn't see him anywhere.
2: I didn't see. it. Well, I didn't see the version that we were looking for. Wait, what? What did I, you see? I, I, we can talk about it when we get home. But did Dick I ha- turn
0: into a into a bug person? No, no, stick no, a bug no.
2: person. No, I, you're a bug person. I Actually, just...
1: uh, as soon as y'all say that, Zeke, you see Dick Spangler emerge from the hatch of the ship, and in lieu of climbing down the scaffolding. You just see this astronaut-suited figure in a cowboy hat fall to the ground.
0: (gasps) Dick! And I run to him.
1: You run to him as he's getting up off of the ground. And as he gets up and lifts his head, you see emerge from underneath the cowboy hat a fleshless, hollow skull. (laughs) And as as soon as you make eye contact with that skull, you see more cowboy-hatted astronauts suited.
2: That's the ones those. Ghouls? Those are them.
1: Throw themselves out of the hatch.
3: They can walk? Car! Oh. Car!
0: To the car! Okay!
1: <laughs> so you all get up and start running. You run, you run out through the airlock and back to where the two cars are waiting. And you see yourselves illuminated brightly for a moment. And you hear the sound of the helicopter continuing to circle above. And you hear a voice coming over like a a loudspeaker from the helicopter, saying um... This is private property, you all are trespassing. Stop where you are, do not attempt to leave.
3: Angela puts up her like, big ass hand (laughs) the wooden hand and says, no, fuck you, Indigo Labs! Hug my
0: butt!
3: (laughs) I would like to continue to go to the car.
0: Penny, do you think you can bring that chopper down? (laughs) Shit,
3: <laughs> Penny.
2: Bring it down. Crash
0: the copter into the tent, kill the skeletons. You want, and kill the
2: people up there?
0: There's probably science goons in there.
3: Yeah, like those little mm, mm, guys.
0: I have seen exactly one actual person working for Indigo Labs. Mary? Okay. No, the, uh, the shitty man in the suit and tie.
2: Yeah. Okay, this is what I'll do. I'm not even to kill, but I guess what happens happens. Um, Penny wants... <laughs> Penny is mad she's mad. <laughs> mad and her legs freaking hurt so she just wants to uh like like as if someone took like the biggest breath possible and like blew the chopper like just away yeah. just away in the sky not necessarily like up but just
0: like ugh. yeah like superman just <sighs>
3: knock it over a little bit gust you, know you can do it thank you
1: i'm gonna describe this from y'all's perspective zeke and angela you see penny stop and turn and scream. No! You see her lift up a hand towards the helicopter and you see that third eye reopen. And out of nowhere you all feel like you're almost going to be blown off of your feet as this gust of wind wells up around you. And you see the helicopter, this wind catches its blades and it kind of gets knocked sideways in the sky and then rapidly loses control. And you all see this helicopter lose control and go into a death spiral. uh, And it impacts the ground just outside of the tent and explodes. And lit from behind now by these orange, billowing flames, you see dozens of astronaut-suited, cowboy hat-wearing skeletons pouring out of the airlock directly towards you.
4: That helicopter's GPS system is okay. Oh, and any human passengers too. Though that seems far less likely. Humans. So fragile. Except for the humans who make the show. They're unstoppable. Humans such as Bess Lawson, who is the voice of Penny White. Abaddon Swissman, the voice of Angela Abacus Jr. James Kedlar, the voice of Zeke Lynn, and the heavily distorted voice of Prospect Quandary. James is also the sound designer and composer for the podcast. And finally, Philip Swissman, our game master, producer, and the voice of anyone else. Our introduction was performed by Ethan Waldron. Additional sound effects provided by Zapsplat.com. Monster of the Week tabletop game created by Michael Says. Over, we'll sure over,